So today we're talking about the Council of Elrond. Dead, my favorite uh, council ever. <laughs> now I don't know about you, but when I used to read this as a child, I was in- intimidated by the Council of Elrond because it, it's the longest chapter in the Fellowship of the Ring by far. But now I really appreciate it because it's so it's so deep. It's like you're reading the story about hobbits, and all of a sudden, you it yes. brings in yes. all the ancient lore and all these different groups come together and in a way it seems almost like a little bit unbelievable that some of these groups would be like they didn't well Elrond says that he didn't go out and invite all these groups to come he's but he said they came like by a stroke of luck or chance that they're all here having this meeting Elrond did say this kind of was happenstance but larger things are probably at work here so uh you know it's right 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 of- I, I i don't want it to make it sound like i think this is all just some happy accident like you get in the rings of power you know because in that in the rings of power there are tons of happy accidents like oh he just happens to be in the middle of the ocean and he, she just happens to be running into him it's not right. that because the wheels are all set in motion for this event of the council of elrond you have everyone looking for the ring. You have the dark, the black riders looking for the ring. They're asking about, they're asking the dwarves right. in the uh, Lonely Mountain. So they're wondering about what's going on. So people are talking and they're like, hey, let's go, uh, let's go figure this out. Let's go talk to Elrond. He knows. And so that's kind of why everyone's, um, everyone's converging. So right, there, right. There's so a reason I- for it. It's not just an accident. Yeah. But I also think that Tolkien probably read that chapter and he's like, you know what? <laughs> I've got to put a line in that 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 says, um, kind of explains this all away. You know, like, again, like kind of explains away the coincidence, so to speak. You know, right? Well, the about. the most coincidental of these explanations is the dream that uh, that Faramir has. It, like in the context of of enjoying the book and not reading too deep into it, Leia like, doesn't bother me at all. You no, know, no, it like, never bothered me before. But right, now, right. but as as a little bit of a critical read, yeah, it's kind of like like oh really? We're Man, reading a little bit more critically now, and it's like uh, at first at first glance when I was just re- reading through it, it almost sounded like my brother was having this weird dream, and so I took this hundred day journey <laughs> to figure out <laughs> what know. this dream was all about. But it wasn't uh, yeah. as it wasn't as ridiculous as that because going back and reading it, it was like Faramir was having this recurring dream. And then one day Boromir had the dream where it was like, seek for the, <laughs> seek for the sword that was broken in uh, Imladris, it dwells, right? And then something about halflings. And so he's like, oh, what a perplexing riddle. I'm off to. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like Faramir is probably having like these dreams like, like for months, like, these dreams are torturing me. It's like, yeah, it's just a dream. And then Bormir has it one night. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, gotta go and see Elrond. He's like, I know what you meant. That dream was weird. That was crazy. The, the fact that like Bormir just kind of like rolled in. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and like the way they introduced him, was like, here's a traveler from the South or whatever. Like basically he's like, like a man who came like, you know, and, and, he was described as very noble. 
Okay, here. Uh, And seated a little apart was a tall man with a fair and noble face, dark-haired and gray-eyed, proud and stern of glance. He was cloaked and booted as if for a journey on horseback, and indeed, though his garments were rich, his cloak was lined with fur and they were stained with long travel. Yeah, yeah. So, but what I'm saying is, is like, when I saw, like, the, the particularly the Bakshi film, like, um, introducing Boromir, and, 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 and to a lesser degree, the Peter Jackson, it's like, they set him up, they set Boromir up to be a little bit prouder, you know what I'm talking about, where, where it's like, like, I don't know if Tolkien tried to telegraph the punch like the 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 betrayal so to speak yeah. you know but i never saw boromir as um like this kind noble type uh, oh i see what man. you're saying you know so you're saying that tolkien describes him here you know gives him credit as a tall noble person but you always saw him more as a threat well i well i knew that what the, the betrayal was coming you know what i'm talking about i mean because i mm-hmm. saw the movie because i mean in fairness like I read the Hobbit when I was mm-hmm. six, mm-hmm. right? But I didn't yeah. really read the Lord of the Rings until like a few years later. And by that time, I'd already seen, yeah, that exactly. I had already seen the Bakshi version, and I mean, and here, like, when you look at this, bro, actually, I mean, he, you know, he looks like a man, you know. Right. I mean, and then Aragorn kind of looks like Aragorn. Like he, there, there's a little bit of a different air to it, you know, and like the the way he that doesn't they, have a beard. He's not described as having a beard and Viking helmet, no. is he? <laughs> no, no, he just probably one. Maybe, maybe it's a Viking helmet that threw me. But my point is, is like, I'm curious. What was your first impression of Boromir? Like not seeing the the movies. And yeah, so about- my first impression was, um, so I didn't see the Bakshi uh, cartoon before I read the books as as an adolescent and um yeah there was no telegraph of oh this guy's someone you need to watch out for other than the fact that right away he he was the one who counseled let's just take the ring and use it yeah yeah that that in and of itself puts him in the suspicious camp Right, right. I think as far as Tolkien is concerned, that was like, okay, you know, the whole idea is like the ring, its power corrupts you. Even even if you're of good intention, you start to wield the ring and its power corrupts you. It makes you seek power for its own sake. This ego boost of like, oh, I control the world. And that in and of itself will drive a a well-intentioned person into evil. So the fact that Boromir wants to use the ring even for good, noble purposes, it's like, okay, maybe he's someone you need to kind of keep an eye on. Right, right. But do you think that they could have downplayed it a little bit more? Because he he was like, he was like, well, we should use the ring. It's a weapon that was delivered to us and, uh, you know, yada, yada, Mm -hmm. yada, right? Um, And that should have, I I think that should have put him in a suspicious, the, the suspicion camp. And it's kind of odd, again, on the reading, that they would be like, oh, yeah, well, you're one of the nine. You know what I'm talking about? I mean. <laughs> you're, a susp- you're a suspicious character that we hardly know. Join the nine, yeah, please. Yeah, join join that's the a good, most. That's a good point. 
join the literal most important uh, um, kind of company that is set, has ever set out, mm. at least in the third age, you know? Yeah, I mean, clarify this for me because I'm not entirely sure, but I imagine Gandalf knows Boromir pretty well because he knows who Denethor is, right? I mean, yeah. he, he's aware of I mean, Boromir, Denethor, but does anyone else and- really know this guy? Again, that's what I'm saying. I mean, but I mean, the fact that Boromir and Aragorn are are almost direct rivals. Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, Boromir has claimed to rule Minas Tirith. mm -hmm. Right. And then here comes Aragorn, right? right, Who is like the rightful heir, the the king of all the lands. it, it, it's kind of a weird dynamic that, that they said a normal human emotion to the situation would be some uh, jealousy and suspicion. So Boromir should be kind of jealous of like, Hey, who, you know, I'm the son of the steward of Gondor. Who's this guy who thinks he can like upstage me and take over yeah, my yeah. realm and you know, these things. But I don't know to Boromir's credit. He never actually seems to, he never articulates suspicion or jealousy of Aragorn himself that, that I can recall. Do you recall? I mean, um, other they, than they, the, the, he, at first there's that scene where there's a little bit of iciness between them. Like he's like, I'm not here to beg for people to help me. Well, look at the last line. He looked again at Aragorn and doubt was in his eyes. Yes. Okay. That's, that's what and I'm that thinking. Kind of sums up. Yeah. So he looked at again at yeah. Aragorn and doubt was in his eyes. Like, but it's not jealousy was in his eyes. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's look, not like, like oh, he, or or fear like oh, here's the guy that's going to take over my realm. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like if this guy's going to take over his realm, he's going to need like to you know have a little bit more, you know, people a, vouch a for more, him. A little more je ne sais quoi. Yeah, uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, I know what you. <laughs> <laughs> And and really doesn't get one over until you know he's on his deathbed, so to speak. Right, but though he's not convinced. Right, (laughs) but here's the thing: he's not convinced by Aragorn. But I don't think you can fault him for that because I mean Aragorn doesn't cast a particular like he's even Tolkien even said he's back in his ranger garb. Right. So he's not like dressed up in all his kingly robes or anything. He just looks like a, you know. Looks like a ranger. He's like, oh, look. Like, uh, yeah. But here's the thing, though. I mean, here's the thing. Like, um, when, like, everything right now is setting up Boromir to be tempted by the ring. He's got doubt in his eyes. He does, you know, again, like, they're, they're setting him up to fail i guess you know i mean like kind of like a yeah so ring is is kind of reading boromir right here and 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 kind of like all right here's here's another um here's my out so to speak you know if the ring is indeed alive if the ring is sentient you think he the ring is thinking oh here's a corruptible will or someone more or less yeah yeah. yeah, but the point is, is that um, 
Like there, there was the entryway, and and the thing is, like I don't think that Boromir is evil, so I don't think it was for his own glory that he needed the ring, but it was to protect Minas Tirith. And regardless of anything, he has a need, and the and I think the ring like would pick up on that, and it's kind of like, all right, this is this is our uh, you know, this is my project for the next four chapters here. You know, that's what I'm thinking. What's his project? So like the, if if the ring indeed had like a uh, a sentience or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it, like it's thinking, oh, this is my project. A little warmer <laughs> here. Gonna work on tempting this guy. Got to work on tempting that guy. This is like yes, I, I like I, I'm gonna be a seductress or a seductor or whatever, and just mm-hmm. kind of uh, you know. So yeah, so I do think like reading a little bit more. I the it. it I think it was clear from the beginning that that Bormir was going to be the, the one. Right, but you are right though. He's not depicted as evil necessarily. I don't think Tolkien is so. I mean, no, no. you know, Tolkien would would say that the Lord of the Rings is about a story of good and evil, but not every character is. In fact, no character is all good or all evil. Um, no, no, I think every character has these different tendencies. Bormir was probably like. He was the man that was strong. He well, probably won all the contests and stuff like that. Right. Boromir, right? Where he, in his, um, I don't want to say hubris, because that's not quite it, right? It's but borderline he, hubris. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But he could, he could, he felt like, if I had this ring, I could save the day. And I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my people, yeah. because I want my people to go on. But really, at the end of the day, it's you know he he probably did want the glory for himself you know and probably like mm. oh and and yeah. kind of put again yeah, as I mean yeah. if anything I I see Boromir as like kind of a short sighted again well intentioned I don't think he wanted the glory quote unquote for himself maybe he was used to getting his way as the older brother yeah, yeah. or whatever but he seems to me kind of almost like this pardon for the jocks in our listenership but like a, a short sighted kind of meat headed <laughs> jock who's like. Just what are you talking about? Just give it to me. I'll, I'll get Just it done. I'll, I'll yeah, score yeah. the touchdown. Just give me the ball. Just you give know? me the ball. Like I'm gonna put y'all on my back. I'm gonna take <laughs> I'll us carry this team to the championship. You know. And you know, I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, but he's like that. But in, all but, revel in his glory. A little meat-headed, a little short-sighted, uh, but well, but well-intentioned, I think. You know. But you know. That's right, the, but again, the, the I read think, I, I give think, on him. I think because of, of his bravery, so to speak, right? That he did. Like, I think, I think, like, if you take Aragorn, Aragorn probably had the strength of will to wield the ring, and and if probably defeat, yeah, probably defeat Sauron, and that's why, you know, he, you know, he was able to rest. You know, again, we'll talk about this later, but he was able to rest away the, you know, the Palantir from um uh sauron and use it to you know look around you're right aragorn could probably do pitched battle whatever with sauron and the fact that he's elendil's heir um and elendil and his father were able to kick sauron's butt a long time ago then who's to say that aragorn can't do the same thing he probably could but in tolkien's moral universe the fact that Aragorn could defeat Sauron would only leave the question of then what happens to Aragorn. And I think oh, yeah, yeah. in Tolkien's moral universe, 
Aragorn would be eventually corrupted by the ring. He would be like, like maybe not a dark lord, but kind of a dim lord. No, I think like a slightly think, a slightly off lord. You don't think? No, I think you don't think Aragorn think, would be corrupted by the ring? No, no, Once I think he, he would absolutely. Sauron? Oh no, no, he would absolutely be corrupted. That was okay, like the okay, whole yeah. thing. Yeah, right. he would absolutely be corrupted. That's why. But he, well, my point that's is, why he can't like, go that way. Yeah, yeah, but my point is, like, if anybody was going to take the ring and defeat Sauron, it would be Aragorn. It would be but, Aragorn. But, but it leaves Aragorn, the question of then what? Right, right. But what I'm saying is, like, Aragorn knew what the then what was, and that's why he was never tempted by Act, the ring. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, totally. Where where Boromir didn't, you know, because Boromir like exactly like, short sighted. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, now that yeah. we're in agreement we're on in that. Agreement. One. Yes. Was it ever again? Like I like was it ever clear though that that Boromir did know Gandalf? I mean, everybody seems to know Gandalf, you know, but. Yeah. But but again, yeah. Getting back to that question, like, it's not. I don't think he's well known. Even if he's kind of known, like I'm sure Gandalf, who knows Denethor, and Aragorn, who knows Denethor, would probably know who Boromir is as the son of Denethor. Right. But the fact that he's kind of an unknown quantity, it makes me think: Why are they putting him? As we said, why are they putting him in this very special nine? Yeah, group of nine with this top secret mission, like a totally unvetted individual. Right. Well, I mean, but again, it worked out because I mean, honestly, there was a decision that needed to be made. Mm. You know, and we'll talk about that decision later. But Boromir made that decision for for the company, you know, at the, the at the cost of his own life. You know, he decided he wanted the ring. It didn't work out. But now it sent Frodo and Sam on on like their true quest. You know, it, it was. Well, that's you know, also interesting. The fact that if it weren't for Boromir, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of the whole Gollum thing. Like if yeah, it weren't for Boromir, yeah. Frodo wouldn't have gone off when he did on his own. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for Gollum, uh, all these things, m- many of these things would never have happened. So um, the ring, you know, f- fortuitousness or fate or whatever it is, uses slightly corrupted people for its ends, but it always ends up working out for the better. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, the whole idea that Tolkien would say is something like, no one is without purpose. Right, right, right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.